I was on this, on this tiny little uh, beach in Kotao, a small island there. The flames, the rope wrapped around my legs. Flames lit me on fire up to my neck, and I had to jump into the ocean uh, to put out the flames to save my life. That's Colin O'Brady, and this is The Depression Detox Show. Hello, and welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Tuesday. Thank you so much for tuning in with me today as we have another brand new featured speaker gracing our virtual stage today with an encouraging message about the importance of having someone who is in your corner. And that person is there to inspire you and to encourage you through the most adverse time that you face in your life. And he also talks about the importance of setting small incremental goals that will help you along the journey to achieve the big goals. So without further ado, here's Colin O'Brady. Enjoy. Uh, This is Koh Tao, Thailand, 2008. I had recently graduated from Yale University with an economics degree. Thought I was going to be a finance guy and uh, decided to take a trip around the world to kind of spread my wings before settling into that path. And um, this this looked like this was a really good idea, which was uh, jumping a flaming jump rope. Um, Obviously, in hindsight, not a great idea. Um, But I unfortunately lit my entire body on fire up to my neck. Um, and landed in a hospital pretty, pretty injured. Um, so I was on this, on this tiny little uh, beach in Koh Tao, a small island there. The flames, the rope wrapped around my legs. Flames lit me on fire up to my neck, and I had to jump into the ocean uh, to put out the flames to save my life. Um, fortunately, my clothes that I was wearing burnt, but didn't burn my skin, but not before about 25% of my body was severely burned. Um, I'll, I'll let you look at that just briefly. That's what my legs looked like, and that's about two months after the burns. Um, won't make you make, look at that for too long. Um, but needless to say, it was a very scary moment for me. Um, I was taken on a moped, driven down a dirt path to this tiny little hut that was, you know, that's a quarter the size of this room. And that was their hospital on this island. Uh, and then they said, you have to be here for 12 hours and there might be a, a boat that can pick you up and drive you to this other island um, where they can, you know, undergo surgery. So that all happened. And I underwent eight surgeries in this smaller little hospital um, where every day I came out um, in the ICU you and there was literally a cat running around my bed uh, in the hospital. So not exactly the place that you want to have uh, an accident and undergo that amount of surgeries. Um, but the scariest thing, despite all the pain, was that the doctors started to tell me, they said, hey, you know what? We just got to be honest with you. You're probably never going to walk again normally. 
Um, and the reason for that diagnosis is with burn injuries, not something I am very familiar with, but the scar tissue can be very thick and it can you know, penetrate into your ligaments. And I had been burned so badly over both knee joints, both ankle joints that they figured, you know, you'll be lucky to kind of just get back on your feet again. Um, and I've been an athlete my entire life, uh, soccer player and swimmer, ended up swimming in college. Um, and so I think any person of any age being told that is horrible diagnosis. Certainly a young 22 year old kid who feels like he has a whole life in front of him being told that was a very, very hard uh, reality to say the least. Um, but, uh, I, I think I had an angel out there, which was in the, uh, which was my mother who flew over to Thailand and sat by my bedside. And she spent, uh, the next couple of months with me in the hospital, uh, sitting by my bedside. And I know now that what she was doing was she was crying in the hallways, so scared as a mother, seeing her son in this place. But she kind of bestowed so much positivity. Every time she was in my hospital room, she's like, you know, how are you feeling? Let's, let's start talking about the future. You know, like, we're going to get through this. Let's make you through this. She was telling me aphorisms like, if you can dream it, you can do it. Like, what are your dreams like for the future? Um, and to be honest, I was, you know, in a pretty dark place. You know, I was scared. I was in a lot of pain. And I said, all right, I'll play along. So we started kind of talking about different ideas, things that I could sort of fixate my mind on. And I said, well... You know, I've always one day wanted to do a triathlon. So I'd been a swimmer, but I'd never biked or run competitively. Um, I'm not exactly sure how we got on this idea, but that was it. For me, I was like, that's my goal. I'm going to prove this diagnosis wrong, prove that I can only walk again, but that I can run and that I can thrive. And so not long after this, I actually had the... Thai doctor who thought this was hilarious, bring in some weights. I was like, all right, I can't move my legs at all, but like, I need to start working out. I'm going to do this triathlon one day. He was like, all right, kid, like, sure. Um, so he brought these in. I started, you know, working out my arms, working towards this goal. Um, it was two months before I flew back to the United States, uh, at which point I still hadn't taken a single step. I was uh, carried onto the plane. I was in a wheelchair taken off of the plane. Um, and it was uh, a pretty harsh situation. And so I got back um, to my house in Portland, Oregon. And my mom said to me, she said, all right, well, you want to do this triathlon one day. That's great. But what you really need to do is figure out how to take a single step. And so I was in this wheelchair in my kitchen, my house that I grew up in. And my mom set one chair in front of me. And she said, all right, well, your big goal for today is for over the course of the day, figure out how to get out of your wheelchair and stand in this one chair. Took me three hours that day to actually figure out how to do this with a lot of pain, a lot of trials and tribulations. The next day, she moved the chair five steps away. The next day, it was 10 steps. I remember celebrating the moment when I could go from the couch in the living room to the kitchen table for dinner. And it went on and on like that for about a year. Um, but I still kept this triathlon goal in my mind. I was like, that's what I'm going to do. So um, about a year had gone by. Like I said, this is me about five years old diving in for one of my ever first first ever swim races. Um, and I decided, okay, well, I can at least swim. You know, my legs still can't really handle the running or cycling yet, but I know how to swim and that's not so weight bearing on my legs. So got into that um, and moved to Chicago. You know, it's kind of reality hit where I kind of needed a job, kind of getting on with my life. So I started a job as a commodities trader in Chicago and started training for this triathlon. And 18 months after my injury, I signed up for the Chicago triathlon, um, which uh, was my first race ever. And um, I you know, got to the start line, dove in, swam, biked and run. It was a mile swim, 25 miles biking and 6.2 miles running, which is Olympic distance triathlon. Um, and when I got to the finish line, the way triathlon works, there's some people who've raced some triathlons in here, I imagine, one or two. Yeah, all right. Well, triathlons, especially a big city race like this where there's thousands of people, you get started in different ways. So about 100 people started at a time. 
And so I finished the race and that had been my goal. I was so happy. I was like, I can walk again. I can thrive again. I've set my goal. I went to collect my bike, came back to the finish area to look up the results. And I was pretty surprised when this is what I saw, which was that I had actually won the entire race, beating 4,000 other participants um, on the day, um, which was a pretty crazy, surreal moment for me. Um, And honestly, I was completely surprised. Um, And so this kind of set my life off in a completely different trajectory, knowing that I could over, not only just overcome this setback, but I could thrive and that I could be an athlete again and perform at a very high level. So just at that time, someone who I'd met in the financial industry said, hey, you know, I'd like to support you and be your first sponsor if this is something you want to do. So I said, oh, childhood dream to be a professional athlete. So sure, why not? So I quit my, quit my desk job and uh, spent the next six years um, racing as a professional triathlete. Big Thanks to Colin O'Brady for stopping by and fast forward after suffering that horrific accident. He's gone on to become a professional triathlete. He's also become a 10 time world record holder and a New York Times bestselling author. And he's also after I checked his IG most recently, he became a father a few months ago, which always is amazing. So. If you'd like to connect with him, you can go to his website, colinobrady.com. His Instagram is also Colin O'Brady, his YouTube as well. And his New York Times bestselling book is entitled The Impossible First From Fire to Ice Crossing Antarctica Alone. And his most recent book is entitled The 12 Hour Walk Invest One Day Unlock Your Best Life. And if you'd like to watch the entire talk, you can go to YouTube and type in Colin O'Brady breaking the Explorer's Grand Slam world record keynote speaker speak Inc. All right. That is a wrap for me. I appreciate you. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later. Later.